Let's pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, please help us to understand your word this morning. Please help us to respond appropriately, uh, that we may live lives in light of uh, the fall of Babylon. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. For the last couple of years, the Reed family has been a two-car family. Uh, For many years, we got by with just one car, but with four kids, it became more and more inconvenient. So now we have two. The car I drive can fit our whole family. It's a large, sedate, seven-seater people mover in a quiet, understated maroon colour. Carmel Ender, on the other hand, drives a bright red, zippy little hatchback. And one thing you'll notice if you get into our cars is the different music. If you get into my car, you'll hear the soothing sounds of Angus and Julia Stone or Simon and Garfunkel at a volume level of about five. (laughs) But if you get into Carmelina's car, get ready to put your fingers in your ears because she's got the stereo turned up to volume level 14 and she is blasting out Pearl Jam or Guns N' Roses. Uh, It's an interesting exercise to see our children after they've been driving with us. Um, After a drive with me, pottering along at 40 k's, listening to sweet harmonies, they come out all peaceful. Uh, They'll tell you bored, but I call it peaceful. And they're singing singing tunes of peace, love and understanding. I don't think there's anything funny about peace, love and understanding. Uh, But after a drive with Carmelina... Screaming around on two wheels, blasting out heavy metal, their hair is standing on end, their faces are pulled back like this, and they're singing, smash them, bash them, kill them all. (laughs) Depending on which car they ride in, our children come out singing vastly different tunes. Depending on which car they ride in, our children come out singing two vastly different tunes. Now, one of the most important nations in the Old Testament was the nation of Babylon. The story of Babylon, it goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, to the famous Tower of Babel, where humanity joins together in opposition against God. Thousands of years later, Babylon became the most powerful empire on the planet. The Babylonian army conquered pretty much the entire known world, including the Jewish people. The Babylonian Empire was dangerous and powerful. But it was also beautiful, uh, technologically cutting edge. Uh, It was responsible for wonders such as the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, a beautiful place. Uh, Now, God had warned the Jewish people that he would use Babylon to conquer them. We saw it last year over and over again, didn't we, in the prophecy of Jeremiah. Through Jeremiah, God told the Jews that their exile in Babylon would last a long time, a lifetime, 70 years. He told them they need to settle down in Babylon. On your outline there, I've put a quote from Jeremiah where God tells them this. Can you see it there on the left-hand side of the outline? This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. 
Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city, Babylon, to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for Babylon, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. The Jews needed to make their home in Babylon. But God was clear about it. Babylon would not last. The day would come when Babylon would pop, when he would destroy Babylon. Uh, your outline are some quotes from the prophet Isaiah. Uh, Babylon has fallen, has fallen. Babylon, the jewel of kingdoms, the glory of the Babylonians' pride will be overthrown by God like Sodom and Gomorrah. She will never be inhabited or lived in through all generations. Desert creatures will lie there. Jackals will fill her houses. There the owls will dwell. God promised that Babylon would fall. And so Israel were to live there in exile, maybe for 70 years, but they needed to be clear about this. Babylon was not their true home. But the thing is, the Jews are a bit like the Chinese. You put them somewhere for 70 years and they take over the joint. They soon fill up the selective schools. They get the best places at university. They soon become the Babylonian accountants and dentists and doctors and lawyers. They're soon running all the Babylonian businesses. And so the thing about God destroying Babylon, well... 70 years down the track, not every Jew was excited about the idea. God was destroying their own very comfortable lifestyles. And so God warned the Jews. He said, when Babylon falls, make sure you leave. Babylon is not your true home. Don't get so caught up in Babylon that you miss out on the promised land. Don't get seduced by Babylon. Don't get led astray by Babylon. She's made the nations crazy as if they're drunk. Be careful she does not do the same to you. You need to remember where your true home is. Think on Jerusalem. And your outline there from the prophet Jeremiah. Flee from Babylon. Run for your lives. Do not be destroyed because of her sins. It's time for the Lord's vengeance. He will pay her back what she deserves. Babylon was a gold cup in the Lord's hand. She made the whole world drunk. The nations drank her wine. Therefore, they've, they've now gone mad. Come out of her, my people. Run for your lives. And then, I love this last bit. Remember the Lord in a distant land. He's not here in that sense. The temple is not here. Remember the Lord in a distant land and think on Jerusalem. Now, historically, as God said, Babylon did fall. And, and as God promised, it was incredibly sudden. It, it all happened in one night. Under the next empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Jews were allowed to return to the Promised Land, to Israel. But you know what? By no means all of them went back. By no means all of them. The whole story of Esther is about Jews still living in exile. Now, many of the Jews were so successful so comfortable in Babylon that they stayed right where they were. They never went back to the promised land. As we saw last week, here in the book of Revelation, John uses the image of Babylon to, to represent this world 
in opposition to God. Now, Babylon is pictured uh, as, a, as a beautiful, alluring prostitute riding on a beast. Now, the beast, we saw back in chapter 13 of the book of Revelation, by referring back to Daniel chapter 7, we saw that the beast is the powerful world authorities, the empires that oppose God. And so uh, if the beast is the, like the iron fist of persecution, then Babylon is the velvet glove of temptation. She's, she's the seductive, alluring, beautiful side of this world in opposition to God. The, the, the shiny things that we humans spend our lives chasing after. Now, the stuff of this world that demands our allegiance, our worship, our energy and time and money and dreams. Now, Babylon could be our, our status or career. She could be our better homes and gardens. She could be our car or technology or family or whatever. She's the stuff, Babylon is the stuff that makes us want to settle down right here. She's the stuff that makes us want to live here, to focus our attention here. So that, like some of those Jews, we don't think on Jerusalem anymore. We forget that our true home is in heaven. Babylon is attractive, gorgeous. But as we started to see last week, Babylon will fall. God will judge and destroy Babylon. And now today we see more of this destruction of Babylon. But the thing is this, and this is where my initial introduction about the cars is at least tangentially relevant. Uh, People come out of this destruction singing two vastly different tunes. People react to Babylon's fall by singing two vastly different tunes. Chapter 18. Chapter 18, John hears an angel announcing Babylon's demise. Uh, You'll see here as we read it, the angel uses all kinds of images from the Old Testament, from Isaiah, from Jeremiah, to picture her irrevocable fall. Uh, Like Babylon of old, this this woman Babylon has led the world astray, away from God. Now her time has come. Revelation chapter 18 and verse 1. Have a look with me. Revelation chapter 18 and verse 1. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven. He had great authority and the earth was illuminated by his splendor. With a mighty voice he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a home for demons and a haunt for every evil spirit, a haunt for every unclean and detestable bird. For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The kings of the earth committed adultery with her and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. John hears another voice from heaven. Uh, This time, probably the voice of Jesus himself. And like God did with the Jews through Jeremiah, Jesus calls his people to come out of Babylon. He says, don't be seduced by her. Don't join in with her sin. Don't don't make yourself at home. Otherwise, when she falls, you will fall with her. Verse 4. Then I heard another voice from heaven say, come out of her, my people so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues, for her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. And Jesus now calls on God to give Babylon what she deserves. Again, using lots of expressions from the Old Testament. There's just one thing I want to clarify, though, here. The NIV keeps talking about a double portion. You'll see that a couple of times. I don't think that is what is meant here. A better translation would be duplicate rather than double. Uh, So Jesus wants Babylon to get a duplicate of, in other words, the same as what she's done. Uh, It's not double. Jesus wants exact justice. Verse 6. 
Give back to her as she has given. Pay her back duplicate for what she has done. Mix her a duplicate portion from her own cup. Give her as much, as much torture and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. In her heart she boasts, I sit as queen, I am not a widow, and I will never mourn. Therefore, in one day, just like Old Testament Babylon, in one day her plagues will overtake her, death, mourning, and famine. She will be consumed by fire, for mighty is the Lord who judges her. Babylon has fallen, Babylon is going down. This world with all its glitter and sparkle will come to an end. But now we see the reactions the reactions from different kinds of people. We see the tunes that they sing. First, the kings of the earth. The kings of the earth loved Babylon. Babylon helped them get their power. Babylon helped them get their riches and luxury. Now Babylon has fallen. They are terrified. They're filled with grief and they sing a song of lament. Verse 9. When the kings of the earth who committed adultery with her and shared her luxury see the smoke of her burning, they will weep and mourn over her. Terrified at her torment, they will stand far off and cry, Woe, woe, O great city, O Babylon, city of power, in one hour your doom has come. Next come the merchants. They made their living from trading with Babylon. They gained their wealth from Babylon. Now Babylon is fallen, they are terrified. And they're filled with grief and they also sing a song of lament. Verse 4. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Cargoes of gold, silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk and scarlet cloth, every sort of citron wood and articles of every kind made of ivory, costly wood, bronze, iron and marble. Cargoes of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, of wine and olive oil, of fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages and bodies and souls of men. They will say... The fruit you longed for is gone from you. All your riches and splendor have vanished, never to be recovered. The merchants who sold these things and gained their wealth from her will stand far off, terrified at her torment. They will weep and mourn and cry out, Woe, woe, O great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. In one hour, such great wealth has been brought to ruin. Kings mourn, the merchants mourn. Third and finally come the sailors. Uh, they also made their living from Babylon. Now they too mourn her loss in a song of lament. Still in verse 17. Every sea captain and all who travel by ship, the sailors and all who earn their living from the sea will stand far off. When they see the smoke of her burning, they will exclaim, Was there ever a city like this great city that will throw dust on their heads and with weeping and mourning cry out, Whoa, whoa, oh great city, where all who had ships on the sea became rich through her wealth. In one hour she has been brought to ruin. These people, they mourn the loss of Babylon. They sing, woe, woe, because, because their lives are so tied up in Babylon. Babylon is where they get the success. Babylon is where they get their status. Babylon is where they get their power and their wealth. When Babylon falls, they lose everything that is dear to them. They lose what they have lived for. But now we hear a voice. A voice that says, 
a voice that says heaven should sing a different tune from that of the world. A voice that says God's people should rejoice over the destruction of Babylon because Babylon is an enemy to God and his people. Verse 20. Rejoice over her, O heaven. Rejoice, saints and apostles and prophets. God has judged her for the way she treated you. Another angel announces Babylon's destruction again, again using all kinds of Old Testament images. Babylon led the world astray. She hated God. She hated his people. Now she will fall, never to rise again. Verse 21. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a large millstone and threw it into the sea and said, With such violence, the great city of Babylon will be thrown down, never to be found again. The music of harpists and musicians, flute players and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No workman of any trade will ever be found in you again. The sound of a millstone will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of bridegroom and bride will never be heard in you again. Your merchants were the world's great men. By your magic spell, all the nations were led astray. In her was found the blood of prophets and of the saints and of all who have been killed on the earth. Babylon's destruction is again announced. Remember? After it was announced last time, the destruction of Babylon, we heard three songs, three songs of lament. The kings, the merchants, the sailors, they wept over her. They sang, whoa, whoa, whoa. But now we hear three very different songs. Three songs from heaven. Three songs of rejoicing. Three songs that praise God for his justice in judging Babylon. Chapter 19 and verse 1. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. The next song quotes from the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. Isaiah was talking about the nation of Edom. Uh, Edom was an enemy to the Jews. Isaiah said that the smoke of Edom's destruction would rise up forever. In other words, Edom would fall never to rise again. Well, heaven now sings the same thing about Babylon. She has fallen never to rise again. Praise God, verse 3. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And now in a third song, the citizens of heaven echo the sentiments of the multitude. God deserves to be praised because he has defeated and destroyed Babylon. Hallelujah. Verse 4. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne. And they cried, Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, well, can you see what's here then in Revelation 18 and 19? Uh, Babylon, the, that is the, uh, the alluring, tempting stuff of this world, the stuff that distracts us away from God. Babylon is coming to an end. Uh, in response, people will sing two very different tunes. Those who live their lives for Babylon will sing laments. Whoa, whoa. But those who live for God... Those who think on Jerusalem, those whose home is in heaven, they will sing hallelujah. 
And so Jesus' call to his people is this. Come out of Babylon. Don't share in her sins. Don't get into bed with her. Don't let her drive you crazy with her wine. Don't make yourself so much at home that you never want to leave. Don't live for this world. Think on Jerusalem. Remember God is in a distant land. Just, um, just reflect with me for a moment. Those, those first century churches that this letter of Revelation was written to, you remember this letter was written to seven churches in, in Turkey? Back in chapters 2 and 3 we saw it. Do you remember those churches? Well, which of those churches do you reckon would have found this stuff really challenging? So I, I don't reckon that it would have been all that challenging for the churches that were persecuted and struggling, do you? They had nothing to lose when Babylon falls. They they would have been longing for heaven. This passage would have made them cheer. Hooray! Hooray! But I do reckon that this would have been a powerful challenge to that first century church in Laodicea. Don't you? Do do, do you remember the Laodicean church? Uh, Jesus quotes them as saying, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. Uh, These people were comfortable, wealthy, self-reliant, and and that had influenced their relationship with God. It had made them become, do you remember the word that Jesus Jesus uses? It made them become lukewarm, lukewarm towards God. They were living for the stuff of this world. They invested their time, their effort, their money, their love into making themselves wealthy and comfortable, to living in luxury. They spent their lives settling into Babylon. They had everything they wanted here in Babylon. But the thing is this. They were about to lose it all. All the stuff they'd spent their lives chasing... They thought they had it all, and they could not have been any more wrong. Jesus says to them, in God's eyes, they were wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. The question for the Laodiceans from this passage would have been this. What tune did they want to sing on Judgment Day? Now, if you'd asked them the question, what tune do you want to sing on Judgment Day? I'm sure they would have said, of course, we want to sing Hallelujah with the saints. Of course they would have. But the fact is, they weren't living as if that was the tune they wanted to sing. They might have have claimed to be living for God and for heaven, but the facts of their lives, the way they lived their lives, if you looked from the outside at how they spent their time and money and and what they were dreaming of... it's like they wanted to sing Pearl Jam, but they wanted, then they wanted to ride in my car. The Laodiceans. Do you know what? Uh, in our Bible study, at least, uh, we agreed that Laodicea was the church most like our church here in Chatswood. If you had to pick one church that's, that's like Chatswood, Laodicea would be it. So let me ask you, Friend, what tune do you want to sing on that day? 
Do you want to sing hallelujah with the saints? Or do you want to sing woe with the world? We want to sing hallelujah, don't we? Yes, of course, we want to sing hallelujah. I take it I'm getting an amen hallelujah. We want to sing hallelujah. But you've got to realise what that means. You've got to realise what that means. It means singing hallelujah to the destruction of every part of Babylon in our lives. It means singing hallelujah to the end of our Babylonian bodies. Hope you're not wasting too much time at the gym. Or too much time on your fashion and clothes and outward beauty regime. It means singing hallelujah to the end of our Babylonian education and Babylonian jobs and career and status. I hope you're not investing your whole life into them. It means singing hallelujah to the end of our Babylonian houses and gardens and cars and toys and technology and possessions. I hope you're not living for them. None of our Babylonian stuff will be there in heaven with us. There'll just be God and there will be you and there will be the people you invested your life into in Jesus' name. Or didn't because you were too busy with Babylon. What tune do you want to sing when Babylon falls? I want to sing hallelujah, don't you? Well, then we've got to take this seriously. We've got to choose what car we're going to ride in. Stop living like Babylon is home. Remember the Lord in a distant land and think on Jerusalem. Let's pray. A gracious God and a loving Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that we are very easily distracted and led astray by the pretty, shiny stuff of this world. But Lord, we remember now that uh, you are in heaven and that heaven and then ultimately the new heaven and new earth is our real home. Uh, We want to say now that we do want to sing hallelujah with the saints on that last day. And so we pray that you help us to think rightly about the stuff of this world, to live rightly in the light of the end. Give us strength by your spirit to do this, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.